Well, today we're beginning a short three-week sermon series called It's Fine, and this is something we routinely say, isn't it? Uh, In fact, I think I've said it four or five, well, not counting the last service because I said it a bunch of times in that service, but before that service, I said it, I think I said it's fine like three different times. Uh, It's sad once you start recognizing you say that a lot, then you hear it everywhere you go. Last night, my wife was uh, getting it in my mind because she kept saying, um, how's your sermon coming? And she kept, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. She just kept, she just kept on with it. So uh, anyway, um, we all say that though. We say we're fine. We say I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, we're asked the simple question of how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm fine. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Um, and it's just what we say whether we really are far from fine or if we really are fine, we still say we're fine. It's the polite thing to do. Um, a lot of times when we ask the question, we really do care about how people are doing, but then other times we're just, it's just a pleasantry, right? That everyone knows the answer is it's fine. Well, today our focus is going to be on living an authentic life in light of the resurrection And then next week, we'll focus on shifting from a passive-aggressive, it's fine, when it's obviously not, uh, to the freedom of true forgiveness. And then Pastor Jerry will close us out the third week um, on Mother's Day with how mothers offer uh, forgiveness to their children. As we continue to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning, I think it's fitting to look at the relational authenticity that Jesus modeled throughout his life on earth and the bond that he has created between all people and the power he offers us through his very spirit to live authentically with others. Uh, This is of critical importance uh, because uh, way back when, you might remember when uh, God first chose a people, when he talked to Abram and said, hey, I will make a great nation of you and all nations will be blessed through you. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of that promise. He is the uh, fruition, bringing it to pass, uh, that all nations will be blessed. All the world, in fact, will be blessed through Jesus Christ. And because the way God has chosen to bless the world in Christ is relationally uh, focused um, through our authentic encounters, it is of critical importance. In the giving and receiving of love and care, we bear witness to God's healing and life-transforming power. So why then is it that we are so quick to say that we are fine, whether that is true or not? And why are we so hopeful that others will respond that they too are fine rather than risk a genuine encounter with God as we give and receive love and care from one another? I think the answer to this question is twofold. On one hand, I think we are often not forthcoming with our own feelings because we have been convinced that we are to be strong and that sharing our burdens with one another is somehow a sign of weakness. I just want to put this out there so you're clear. This is a lie. So stop telling yourself this lie. We all feel weak sometimes. Jesus cried out to God in weakness sometimes. And we often 
bear burdens that God does not intend for us to bear alone. Illness and pain and loss, betrayal and even death all impact our lives as part of the human experience. But this human experience is sanctified. It is made holy by Jesus Christ. First in his coming to be God with us in human form. And then as we have all been blessed in unity of relationship with him and with our neighbors through his Holy Spirit which binds us all together. This spirit, Christ's very spirit, allows for and encourages us to live in blessed mutuality. Where our life and our own well-being is inseparably, inseparably linked to others. A few years ago when I went to South Africa, I heard the word Ubuntu a lot to describe this interrelatedness, this, this, this dependency of all humanity on one another. In fact, I even heard one person share it this way. He said, you cannot be a person without other people. This is true because we were all created in the image of and by a relational God for relationship. This is our purpose. And we will only find peace and comfort through authentic relationships with God and with our neighbors. Jesus made clear this inseparable relationship that we have with one another when he answered uh, that love of God and love of neighbor are the most important commandments. In Matthew 22, 36, or 37 through 40, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Again, Jesus has bound these things together. So if we are to be in authentic relationship with God and one another, we must be willing to share our true feelings with one another, trusting that God can both use and transform our feelings, our attitudes and emotions through the encounter with one another. This elevates the importance of everyone, the person sitting next to you, the stranger, and even our enemies, because in them we encounter God himself. Your life and everyone else's lives matter. God modeled this risk-taking, self-giving, first in offering God's very self to us in the incarnation, then throughout his life where he crossed every imaginable barrier to human relationship, and ultimately in giving himself up to death for the forgiveness of the sins of the world so that we could be freed from the burden of sin and death and be freed for authentic life-giving and receiving relationships with others. So contrary to, sharing, to seeing the sharing of our burdens with others as personal weakness, it is in this sharing that we encounter the power of the living God who we celebrate on Easter. Then on the other hand, I think we are apprehensive to share our true feelings and defer to saying we're fine because we are afraid if we share our burdens, then somebody else may just share their burdens with us too. Sometimes this seems just far too much of an inconvenience for us to deal with today. 
And then other times, we may feel ill-equipped to offer help to someone who is in genuine need. So we're afraid when somebody breaks with convention and actually tells us how they really are. Again, this goes back to that idea of blessed mutuality that we all have as members of the body of Christ. You know, I cannot count the number of times and the ways that I have been blessed in my life by the deep well of love and care made available through this unity in Christ. When we are open to a genuine and authentic encounter with our neighbors who walk beside us here on earth, it is amazing to see how God provides a way where there was previously no way. How God gives us what we need in giving or receiving through the Holy Spirit, just what is needed in the encounter that is before us. In this way, we are conduits through which God's healing power can travel. Sometimes it travels from us to bring healing to another, and other times it comes from another to bring healing to us. And then sometimes God uses healing that has come to us in the past because of circumstances of life so that we can use those experiences to offer healing to others that are experiencing those things. Um, you know, recently we've had a couple of men die unexpectedly and quickly, and their wives have become widows. in what seemed like an instant. And others of you sitting here have walked that journey for a while now. And you can be used as a conduit of God's love and care to support these women in this time of need. Some of you have experienced illness and you can offer a listening ear to someone during a difficult time. Some of you have experienced addiction or abuse and you can offer hope to others. Some of you ex have experienced um, job losses and you can offer comfort to someone who is looking for work. Some of you who um, are experienced parents can offer words of encouragement to new parents <laughs> and let them know their baby will someday sleep through the night. <laughs> it is a blessing to be able to be a conduit through which God brings about his healing. When we are up, when we truly are fine, when we say we're fine, <laughs> we have the capacity to offer love and support to others. When we are down or are far from fine, then we can receive love, care, and support from the body. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Galatians 6, 2, to bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
When we give of ourselves, we offer love and care through listening and serving and encouraging and supporting and sharing and blessing one another. When we receive, we are blessed by another's love and care. And in and through this God-given blessed mutuality of both giving and receiving, we are blessed in the encounter with the living God. Jesus gave it all for us, and we in return give of ourselves in gratitude for this gift of new life. When we are fine, we offer hope to those who are not fine. When we are not fine, we lean on the strength of God made known to us through the love and care of others. So whether we are up or whether we are down at any particular moment in time, we are strengthened in the bond that we share with one another made possible by Jesus Christ for the healing transformation of the whole wide world. But to access this blessed gift, we must be open to the encounter. It's not really that hard. That's all we have to do is just be open to the encounter. Just be open. We must be willing to both share our burdens and to bear the burdens of others. This may seem like a very difficult task, and in our fast-paced, often self-absorbed and overscheduled world, it may very well be a difficult task. But if we strive to make the time in our lives for genuine human encounter, we will be forever changed. This does require you to have a little bit of margin in your life, however. You cannot always schedule a genuine human encounter between 9 and 9.15 on the third Tuesday of the month. But what I have found and what I see as I study Jesus' encounters with others in Scripture is when each and every day we allow space for and have an expectation that God will provide us an opportunity for genuine human encounter, we will find this time bears fruit in our lives and in the lives of others. It's just like all of discipleship. You have to do it one day at a time, and you have to commit to it each and every day, and you have to become more and more in tune to the ways that God is working around you. You have to begin to believe and recognize that there are no chance encounters, but rather opportunities to offer and to receive healing. If you've been hurt and received healing, use that pain now to help others. If you are feeling weak right now, take the risk to share your struggle and lean on those who are strong. And in all of our human encounters, allow the Spirit of Christ to guide you and equip you with what is needed. When we are authentic in sharing our life experiences, they can also be used by God to encourage others and help them realize that they are not alone. Sometimes, though, uh, we say that we're, when we're going through a time of, of darkness, I don't want to be a burden. I, mean, I don't want to burden you with my junk. Well, I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, burden one another anyway. Do it anyway. Even if it's not comfortable, even if you think it's putting too much on somebody, do it anyway and see how God and his spirit can work in that encounter. 
If you encounter the burden of another that you can't bear, you've got too much going on and you just can't bear it right now. Ask them if you can share it with someone else who has the capacity to bring comfort and encouragement to that person on your behalf. You know, our care team, for example, has wonderful experience and can be a valuable resource to you and can make an offer caring uh, in times where maybe you feel ill-equipped. But also be aware that your temporary inability to bear another's burdens, and, I, and it should be temporary. We all at some point should regain our ability to care for others just as we've been cared for. But if you're experiencing this temporary inability to bear another's burdens, it's probably a good indication that you may have a burden that you need help bearing too. Jesus gives us the ultimate example of human resilience. And we all, as those made in his image, possess great resilience too, but we are not meant to go through life alone. If you're the type of person who is always willing to seek healing for yourself, but never offer it to others, during these great 50 days of Easter, do some self-reflection on whether or not you truly want to be healed. Check out this very question that Jesus asks the disabled man at Jerusalem Sheep Gate, found in John 5, 6. Or if you are the type of person who always tries to be strong and put on a happy face and bear everyone else's burdens, during these great 50 days of Easter, take the risk of offering, some up, of, offering up some of these burdens for others to bear. Christ offers us new life and he has united us with him and with one another and he will bear witness to his and we will bear witness to his transforming power when we give and receive love and care. Jesus wants us to live authentic lives that are not just fine but that are truly the abundant lives that he wants for us all. Our scripture for today reminded us that um, at one time we were walking in darkness and sometimes when the burdens build up around us, that's all we see is darkness. We don't see a way out. But Christ has come. He has given us one another and what a blessing that is. And now we are children of light. So live as children of light. Live as children of light.